Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast. It is Thursday, October 29th. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's what the calendar says. Uh, what a um, What an interesting time it has been. I... I live in South Louisiana. We have had about four or five storms come through the area, hurricanes. Um, thankfully for us, it hasn't really done any damage in the Baton Rouge area. But uh, for the folks in New Orleans, the folks on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, got a niece there. They've got some damage. They've got some issues. Uh, so we're thinking about everybody there. But uh, we are ready to talk some football. Uh, we're always good, uh, always happy to be with you. Uh, here um, talking football. Want to remind you that you can uh, catch this podcast. Um, go to landryfootball.com and you can find it there. Um, you can sign up for Landry Football's conference call. You can get it delivered there uh, as well. And um, also a reminder that you can catch us live on Twitch TV. So if you are watching this podcast and you'd like to um, or if you're listening to it, but you'd like to watch it live and communicate with us in the chat room, we'd love to have you and certainly uh, encourage you to do just that. Uh, join us and uh, send in your questions, send in your comments. Uh, we'd love to address them. Um, very simple. Just go to uh, LandryFootball.com, hit Twitch TV, follow Chris on Twitch, and you can catch us live as well as all of our programming We've got we've got all the conference shows covered. Uh, by the way, programming note: we're going to be doing the SEC football and beyond um, today at noon. We normally do that at nine a.m. on Tuesdays and Fridays due to another scheduling conflict. We are doing it uh, again on Thursday. You can catch that in podcast form. But you go to twitch.tv forward slash Chris Landry football. Uh, the and and you will find us there live and um you get a commercial free experience there with us and um you can also cheer us on some bits very simple you just uh, go right there if you like what we do cheer us a few bits uh, you'll see uh, on the show just below the screen you, you can buy bits they're really cheap and just um type in cheer in all caps in the uh, chat room I'll certainly give you a shout out. Want to make sure that you subscribe uh, to the Chris Landry Twitch channel. That way, you'll get a message each and every time we go live, so that you don't miss uh, all the stuff that we're trying to do here. Uh, also, want to uh, 
remind you of a couple of things. Go to LandryFootball.com and check out uh, what we do there in terms of uh, inside information around the pro and college game, uh, film room analysis. Uh, but also, you will see the great folks at American Betting Experts. Uh, at um, They're uh, sponsoring this podcast and bringing this for you. You can go right on the front page. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you can see um, the special gaming offers from American Betting Experts. Click on it. Very simple. Um, and you will pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. Sign up instantly and receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet uh, from $100 to $1,000. It's just that easy. Just go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer. Also, for the Thursday night game, BetMGM has the following campaign going live. Bet $1 on either team's money line and receive $100 when a touchdown is scored. Um, so check it out. Could be a hundred dollar touchdown. Go to bet MGM using the link that we've got there, bet a dollar on each team's money line and get paid a hundred dollars paid into your account when a touchdown is scored. And finally, uh, want to thank the great folks at Manscaped as they are also, um, you know, uh, make sure that, uh, you check them out. They do such a great job. Um, it's the best below the men's waist grooming, below the belt waist grooming, precision engineered tools. They obsess over their technology. Really good tools. Really impressed and uh, proud to have them on board. Uh, they've redesigned their electric trimmer, the Manscaped. So check that out. It's a third generation trimmer. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade. Um, it's got an advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Um in a waterproof technology, an LED light, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LANDRY, all caps, L-A-N-D-R-Y-2-0. That's L-A-N-D-R-Y-20 at manscaped.com. Um, you will absolutely um, be happy, and you'll thank us for getting involved with that. Uh, Okay, um, you know, and, and certainly, again, we want to um, get into a few things today on LandryFootball.com where I've touched on a couple of things from an officiating standpoint. I want to go into kind of clean some of it up a little bit, and then I want to get involved in we talked a little bit about coaches uh, on um, on one of my other platforms on Landry Football. Uh, I, about how coaches are different. Coaches have different styles and backgrounds and strengths. And we're talking, want to talk a little bit about how I evaluate coaches and how grading them in certain areas and doing it properly. And one of the things I teach is this is the best way to put together a good coaching staff, just like you evaluate a player. You know, it's not, uh, this guy's the best receiver. Well, you don't know he's the best receiver till you go through the process of evaluating. You don't know that this is the best position coach, coordinator, head coach candidate until you create the critical factors, the evaluation process, and then go through it in the correct fashion, then properly evaluate. that. That's the key. That's what you need to do. 
So we're going to get into some of the things that I look for in, in a generic sense. And you've got to add some level of specificity with regard to your program and your needs. And those things are certainly important. Um, but we're going to get into that a little bit. I want to spend a little bit of time getting into the week in and kind of a look at a little bit where things are in college football nationally, which is kind of weird, isn't it? Because it's kind of midway through the season for the ACC, the SEC, yet it's just starting for um, the Big Ten, uh, the Pac-12. Um, hadn't even started yet. But but who's kind of looked good nationally? And then certainly – we're going to get into that in some of the games this weekend. So want to, um, again, remind you uh, at LandryFootball.com, for less than $10 a month, you can get access to all the film room information, uh, the breakdowns, the previews of the games by conference, the big games, and then the rest of them by conference. And then in the NFL, we do the same thing. We give you film room analysis, previews of the games, evaluating the players um, that have graded out the best thus far this year. And then we review the games inside the film room. So we tell you who graded out the best players, teams, and, and give you the whys of what happened. So we think it's great. It's like having your own scouting and coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. Uh, it's less than $10 a month, folks. And it's even less than that if you take advantage of the year membership. So recruiting it's the draft it's the in-season evaluation we've got it all for you and so when i we kind of go into some of the games we're to remind you that we got a lot more detailed information when you join landryfootball.com we, we tell you go over the lines we tell you how it may play out so if you're looking at the games from a fantasy standpoint and from a betting standpoint or just from a fan standpoint you get it all with us all right so want to kind of tidy up into the, but yet also kind of address it for folks that have heard me talk about it before. Uh, officiating, it's a universal discussion or a universal problem is perceived by the media and the fans of how do you get it better? It's frustrating because the one thing that I think is misunderstood is that as the game gets faster, and I mean the players, the athletes on the field being bigger, stronger, faster, the pace of the game being faster, meaning the tempo and not lining up uh, or not uh, uh, getting in the huddle, but lining up quicker, all of these things create for a more difficult way to go about, um, you know, looking at, you know, the, the whole process of how do you evaluate and how do you evaluate officials? Well, let me just say, um, it, when you look at the job that they do on the field, it's a lot better than you think. Uh, study tape for a living and you also see the officiating come about and you know the results you really see that they do a pretty good job when you understand the difficulty of the job and kind of the unfairness that you put those guys in I mean look if you you see a a player run by another player you say man that guy's a really good player that guy's really athletic 
and you say they're just better than that other team. Yet no one kind of looks at the officials and say, man, that's a really difficult job. They just, you know, can't believe they screwed it up. Because I'm sitting there watching it on TV, and why is, um, you know, things the way they are? Because I see them messed up. But on the field, it's a difficult process, which is why I've said that you've got to not, not a criticism of the officials, but you've got to augment their ability to officiate on the field by taking the review booth and not like separate them. Not like it's, and this is the best way to describe it because I don't think I've done a very good job with it, is to make the officiating just an actual part of the in-game evaluation. So my point is not, well, let's go up to the booth and review it and let's, 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 let's correct this screw up on the field. No, that's the whole premise of that is wrong. What we need to do is create an environment in the booth that can watch games live. I've, I've, I've said this many times. How Think about this. How dumb is it that an official has to come on the sidelines and look at a five-inch screen and tell you, yeah, and listen to somebody, yeah, this is what we're seeing. There's no need for that. That's where the time is wasted. Let the time be handled up in the booth that's looking at a 32-inch high-definition screen and back at the home office and have the ability to – communicate live where the official can stay on the field and hear it and live and hear what they say and say, look, this is what happened. This is the result of the play. You know, all the scenarios, it would go quicker and better. I think that's where it needs. We've got the technology. It's not going to be perfect right away. It never is. I use the goofy analogy. What if we gave up on cell phones when we first started them and they were as big as a briefcase? People you don't know, I remember the first cell phone I ever saw or mobile phone I ever saw. I was recruiting. I was in the Houston Astrodome recruiting the Texas high school championship game, recruiting. And I saw some guy coming up the stands with looked like a mini suitcase or a briefcase, and he's talking on a device. And I'm like, what the bleep is this guy doing? And he's just sitting there saying, yeah, baby, I'm here. And you know, I'm like, what? what is this? Then I remember relaying it to our operations director um, years ago when I was with the Oilers. And, and I told this story. A friend of his worked at the phone company, and he, and he guy told me one time, he says, Lewis said, uh, you know, there's going to be a point in time that everybody's going to have their own individual phone. And I said, Get out of here. that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who would ever need an individual cell phone? My point is, is you don't want to give up on it. You know, I can remember I said this when I was a young coach and you're waiting to hear from a head coach about a job. There wasn't cell phones. There wasn't answering machines. There weren't even the, um, the, 
what do you call the phones that, that have like an antenna in the house that wireless or whatever, handless or handheld or whatever you call it. I can remember where you just had the cord and you had to sit there and wait. My point is you got to embrace the technology. You got to improve on the technology and you can't give it up because you do a bad job of on the replay. You've got to go ahead and uh, figure it out, you know, and uh, want to uh, recognize some guys in the chat room. A reminder, we encourage you to send your thoughts and questions. Kevin says, Blockbuster Video versus Netflix. Great example. Jig's dad says, uh, I remember them in a bag talking about the cell phones. You're right. And remember, they were, remember they, were, they became car phones. You know, and I can remember, I think it was my brother-in-law and my sister said, no, 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 I've got one in the car. I don't need a phone that I need to carry with me outside the car. I got one in the car. What do you need? I remember when I, when I was recruiting at LSU, the big thing is they put cell phones in the car. Initially, they just gave one to the head coach, and then they put them in there, and then you had to go and get it taken out on another car, and it was, it was like, you know, that's, that's what you did then. Well, why do you need to take it outside the car? You got it in the car. That's enough. Well, well, then they made it to where there's no there's no cell phones. There's no cell. There's there's no uh, there's no more car phones. You can't go in and say, "I'd like to get one hotwired into my car." That there's no need for that. Modern technology. There's going to be a point where we're going to get officiating to where it's improved, and I think we need to retrain officials. We need to get them. Uh, to see the game and approach the game differently. You do your job on the field. They do their job in the booth, just like we do as coaches on the field, responsible for certain things on the field and guys in the booth responsible. And there's a collaborative effort, and it's smooth and it's done. And you got to do that. You've got to absolutely do that. And I think it takes time and you got to work through it. But you can't be totally frustrated as a fan. Oh, that's screwed up. Give it up. I think you need to go forward with it. I, I believe working full-time officials down the road is a good thing. And the only way to do that is to pay them full-time benefits, to pay them, pay them full-time salaries. You require them to make a commitment all year round. But if the best officials are guys that have other careers, which they are because they're no full-time officials right now, then you need to grandfather that in. So anyway, um, Jig's dad says, believe it or not, that, 5G is going to change things even more than we can imagine now. So absolutely. Um, I also want to remind you, um, and we'll address it here. Um, a couple of you have said, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that you'd like to get some kind of uh, shirts and things. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're looking at that. In fact, I've got to meet with a guy today and, see if we can make that work for you. Yeah. So absolutely. We appreciate you noticing and being a part of it. So when I get into officiating, it's about not criticism is just to how to make it better. And I think, you know, criticism without a solution to make it better is, is really something that, that I don't think is very, very productive. I want to move on to coaching and I'm going to, you know, get to you here. Some of your questions, here in a second and uh, respond a little bit more. But I want to get into an issue that I think is, um, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I want to spend a little bit more time on it. How do you evaluate coaches? 
assistant coaches, head coaches. And again, there's individual tentacles that go into evaluating a specific job, you know, a certain job in college is maybe different than another job in, in, in college. And so there, there's, um, there's absolutely a uniqueness that's involved, but there's some things in general that you need to focus on. And what I have said before is no one's born a baby coach. We all grow up and have strengths just like anybody that's in sales or management or whatever, uh, manufacturing, some people are better at certain things than others. Common sense. Why wouldn't that be the case? Um, that we would have coaches that are better at certain things than others. The key on a staff is to make sure that you have people that can have your back, but also have your front, have your side, have the ability to incorporate all the things that are important. College coaching is a little different because you've got the element of recruiting. But the NFL, I think it is important to be able to evaluate personnel and to give input into the draft process. Um, so those things are really, really important to, to understand. Um, you, you know, it's it's like evaluating a player. Um, you have to have a list of critical factors that you look for. Um and, and I think there are things that are really important that I want to get into, that the process of it requires you to evaluate each of these categories and to grade them. When you grade them, what you do is you make yourself write down the qualities in each of those critical factors that suggest whether this guy is really good, great, very good, and then you have to put a number by him to make sure that, you know, sometimes you talk a guy as a 7-0 in certain areas, a critical factor. But then you write him up like a 6-5. Well, what gives? You got you to gotta work that out. And, and when you do that, and you grade the most important critical factors in order, and you put the numbers, you you put it in a weighted scale, and you can really see, okay, based upon what the criteria is, these are the ones that are most qualified. Then, then you got to go through some other areas. But there are a few things that will be sound generic, but I'm going to explain to it. One, character loyalty. What is character and loyalty? It's coaching reputation respect level among the peers in the football community uh, that I think are really important. Um, not the public perception. This guy is, man, this guy's great. And because oftentimes what you see is results, right? It's just like stats for players. It doesn't tell you what you really need to know about a player. Well, the result doesn't tell you what you need to know about the coach unless you know who does what inside each operation. So the respect level among the people that are there, and you've got to understand the people that are giving you some some ideas. you got to do your own work because 
you have coaching buddies. Some people really are close with a guy and they will talk them up a little bit more. Some people not really good friends and their personality conflicts and they don't give the other guy as much credit because of maybe some personal grudge that they have. So knowing what the true reputation is and what the true respect level is, not the perception. They say perception is reality. It's not. You've got to get to the reality. Background. What's the experience and the achievement level to this point in his career? Uh, yes, association of winning programs is important, but how well do they do their job? Not how well does the overall program that maybe they're the benefit of. You can be really good or you can be around success that makes you look better than you are. The third thing, player and staff development. This is certainly from a coordinator and a head coaching standpoint. That's the ability to teach, to communicate, to develop players' technical skills. This includes the knowledge of positional technique, the knowledge of schematics, but the use of players within the scheme concepts, the ability to motivate players. Uh, the ability to generate most out of a player's ability includes the ability to teach and develop assistant coaches on the staff. Um, the fourth thing is the technical knowledge. That's the ability to design and implement systems, designing of game plans, creating favorable matchups and situations, uh, game day adjustments, teaching of assistant coaches, and in players in classroom situation. This is this is what we call knowing football. Then the fifth thing is teaching. You can know football. But some people, and you know this, right? You have some people that are good teachers, some people that maybe are the best at clinicians, but they don't. They're best in the lab, but they don't communicate it as well. You got some great coaches that just don't communicate it very well. So teaching the ability to translate the knowledge from the technical sense onto the practice field where you can creatively get your point across in various manners to help players understand thoroughly, quickly. Uh, motivation is a critical part of that. Be able to teach it in the classroom setting. Those things are really important, but it is about teaching it on the field. It doesn't matter what you know as a coach. It matters what you can teach them and get imparted into them. And that's what's really important. And I learned this a lot from Belichick because, you know, he always used to say to me, you got it down cold. <laughs> your players don't. You got to look at how you're teaching it, how you're presenting it. We also looked at what type of student was the players. This is why Belichick drafts more college graduates, guys that are, you know, high school valedictorian types. Why? Smarter. You can teach them more. They can absorb more. So that was really important. Um, talent evaluator is something that's important. It's, it's down on the list, but it's important. It's the ability to identify the technical and athletic traits of a player. It includes the ability to evaluate other coaches' skills as well. Always used to have a, a list of guys that I thought were the best at teaching at each position through my, you know, when I went out scouting, I obviously in, in practices, I can see, I also look and see 
on film, how well a position group was playing or side of the ball is playing and figure out why. And then, you know, sometimes, boy, great in coverage, the coordinator gets credit for it. If you don't know what's going on, maybe the secondary guy that handles that. It's the secondary you know, the guy that really is responsible for putting together the third down package and the coordinator is more responsible the front or vice versa. I don't know who does what, but the ability to evaluate the traits of a player is important. The ability to evaluate the traits of a coach are important. Evaluating coaching is tougher. You know why? Players are on film. The coaching is you don't know who's responsible for the teaching as much. So those things are really, really important to understand. Um, I think it's a little bit more difficult to evaluate coaching because you got to know a little bit more inside information of what's going on and who's doing what. Then recruiting or salesmanship, the ability to show verbally on the blackboard and in film cut-ups how a player fits into the football system as well as how he fits into the chemistry of a football team, the community in which the team resides. So you think of it more in college, but it also is important as it relates to you know, the NFL and how a guy fits in the NFL free agent recruiting is about who can offer the best contract. Let's not kid kid ourselves, but there's a 10%, 15% variable where the money is going to be relatively equal. How good of a team, how close to a championship is going to be the biggest part of that. But then there is something to, how do you fit? How are you going to be a factor? Particularly if it's a young player, and you can sell them on, you come here. Okay, this is what your your monetary value is around the league. You come here, here's what we can do and how you fit. And your next contract has a chance to be that much better because how we're going to use you. So recruiting salesmanship is mostly in the college level, but there is something to the pro game in that part of it. Uh, program team management is another practice that this is from a head coach the ability to work with staff administrators player personnel support staff that's really important um for a head coach and 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 it's important for a coordinator because now you're working with guys underneath you you got to be a boss and that's really important but you also have to be somebody that works well together as a position coach with the other position coaches your coordinators and what have you in order to be successful as a coach you got to be outstanding and five of those areas that I mentioned, and then good in at least two others. If you're lacking in any of those areas as a head coaching candidate, you got to hire assistants that are exceptional in the areas where you're not as strong. And in these cases, the quality of the staff is more important than those who excel in that area. So you have guys that are delegators, that are head coach, that are really good salesmen, recruiters. They got to delegate the coordinator positions because they're not a great X's and O guy. You've got other guys that would be like a Dabo Sweeney. Then you have a guy like a Nick Saban who's great at coaching the coaches. He will challenge the offense coordinator and make the offense coordinator better because of what he will try to present to him from a defensive side of what he believes. And then the defensive side of how he coaches the coaches, really important, which is why it's not that the assistant coaches are not as important for a guy like Nick Saban, but – if they work hard and they're trainable, you can train them. So for a Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, it's more about those qualities because they're going to teach you what you need to know. Whereas if you are a guy that's 
going to work for, say, a Dabo Sweeney. You need to be more of a finished product because you're going to be running that offense. You're going to be running that defense. And the head coach is the head coach, but the head coach is not going to be able to come in and help you become a better coordinator or become a better, you know, uh, uh, you know, offensive or defense coordinator because he doesn't have that real strength. He might be able to help you in communicating better. He might be able to help you in other areas in evaluation or whatever his strength may be. So in order to be a good college assistant coach, you got to be outstanding in two of the following areas, the technical side, the knowing uh, football on the blackboard and the teaching of football on the field and in recruiting. We know that a guy that maybe is really good at recruiting, um, if you're limited on the field, you've got to cover that up. If you're a really good on-the-field teacher, you've got to cover up in recruiting. If you're not a good recruiter, you got to cover up the recruiting side of it. In the NFL, you got to be really good at teaching on the field and on the blackboard. Those things are just non-negotiable. Those things are absolutely critical, and um, you just you can't be without that. Just because um, the nature of of what that job entails. Uh, let me get to some observation and questions. Um, Jig's dad says, Chris, you and your team are the best. Do you, do you sell the Landry football? Get, hey, we're, we're again, we're going to get into that. Um, Spartan Barton says, why are coaches fine for criticizing officiating? Well, there's no real advantage in doing it publicly. Um, I don't think it's, um, it, it's something that the leagues don't want. It just creates a negative environment and it creates a lot of difficult situations. I think I think you've got to handle that behind the scene. Uh, those are really important. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, how involved do you think Luke Fickle is in the Cincinnati defensive game prep? Uh, Marcus Freeman looks to be a rising star in coaching in his profession. Both have done a tremendous job building the program. He's very, very good. Um, he is very involved. Luke is a very good defensive coach, but he's kind of given a lot of control to him based upon the parameters, how he wants the, that side of the ball to look. Um, he says, I believe where a program is situated in the conference. Let me get this. Um, believe uh, where a program is situated in their conference is much more important than the actual conference. For example, a head coach in the AAC could be a better job in the AACC or SEC jobs. Um, no, I, I think what's important is recruiting background. I think, first of all, good recruiters are good relationship guys. And you can, you can, if you've got a background in Texas recruiting, you can be just as good in Florida or vice versa but you maybe don't have the context. I think the geographical region has more to do with recruiting in college than anything else. I think a good coach is a good coach. I got that a lot when I recommended and tried to get Nick Saban the job at LSU back in the day. He's a Midwest guy, Michigan State guy, doesn't know the SEC, not a fit here. That's baloney. None of that matters if you really, really are a good coach. Uh, you can find a fit. Now, if you have all those things, have all the ingredients, but you have to have ties to a school, that's just great. Um, 
So the, how much do you put into a coach's fitting at a certain school? My thought is that some are great recruiters and other better developers. Some are. Some are both. Some are one or the other. Um, I, I think the fit depends upon the political fit, the handling of the boosters and things of that nature are important. Not many are strong enough, like Nick Saban, to say, hey, this is how it's going to be, and that's that. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, it is a challenge. It is very difficult. Uh, and I think a fit sometimes is important. I do think that a good coach, though, is a good coach. If you win, you'd be surprised how it fits really well. If you, if you're somebody that's a fit geographically or a fit culturally, it makes sense. Everybody says Ed Orgeron, Ed Orgeron is a great fit at LSU. Well, it is because they won, and he's doing a pretty good job there. He did a great job last year. Sure, he's a Cajun. Sure, he's Louisiana. You think if he performs like he did at Ole Miss for the next four years? You think the fact that he speaks Cajun and he's, you think that's a good fit? No, no, no. It'll be a, hey, boy, he's a good fit. He talks like us, but he's not what we need. That's very, very overrated. Hugh Freeze was a great fit at Ole Miss. Mississippi guy. Did a really good job. Then he didn't. Had problems. And those things wasn't a good fit anymore. Funny how that stuff works. So, all those things are important. Um, do you think Charlie Strong will become an on-the-field coach at Alabama next year? Or will he be able to move into another head coaching job? I think he's likely going to be an uh, on-the-field coach at Alabama. Don't think he's going to get a head coaching job right now. I think he'll get a head coaching job from Alabama, but I think he's going to move on-field. And uh, who knows? He may be the coordinator there next year. Who knows what uh, will happen? Um Chris, are you familiar with Mike Cavanaugh's offensive line coach at Syracuse? The line is stunk. Wonder if he has talent coaching or both. I know Mike. Mike's a pretty good coach. Uh, I think they've got bigger issues there, and it is talent. And, uh, by the way, we appreciate Jig's dad cheering us 100 bits. So, absolutely. Um, with that, want to get into some action this week. Want to start in college and want to kind of react to some things off of last week's action. We've got Ohio State, Penn State that really jumps out. And the one thing I'm looking and studying the tape is that this game shapes up to not be very good. And I hope I'm wrong because I hope to have you know really good games in most cases. Um, if Penn State doesn't play better at the line of scrimmage than it did last week, it's going to really struggle. Um. Ohio State's got some work to do with their defensive front, particularly at linebacker, but Penn State's going to have to find a way to run the football. They're going to have to use the the quarterback run game like they did with Sean Clifford last week, but Sean Clifford's got to perform better in the passing game, can't turn the football over, or this is going to be a blowout. Uh, that's really their only chance. Um, I don't think they can match points with Ohio State, and, and I'm hoping this game's more competitive than I think that think it will be going in. But Penn State, you know, also has to play a very clean game, and I think that's also a problem. Speaking of coaching, Penn State doesn't always play clean games. Now, there are times where Penn, 
State is better coached than others. When you see a program, by the way, this is another coaching tip. If a program is better coached for maybe, let's take Dabo Swinney and Clemson. Look at Clemson before they brought in Brent Venables. Well, they're a defense that really struggled. They didn't have any answer. They look like what we would classify uh, Oklahoma looking at right now. Not very good. Certainly not championship caliber. Made some changes. Made a focus. Brent Venables basically runs that defense. He runs who they recruit. And look at look what it's done. I know they're in the ACC. I get it. But they also perform well in the playoffs, and, and they're really, really good. They got a different-looking program, different level. James Franklin is another case of there are times where that programs look better coach than others. When that happens, that ought to be a tip to you. It's a lot about the assistance and the stability of assistance. And we have to make changes because they're so good that they leave. Or, you know, the, the if the head coach is, you know, people say go in and fix it. Ed Orgeron, go in and fix the defense. You're a defensive guy. Ed Orgeron can't fix the defense. It's up to um, the guy you delegate. It's as simple as that. So when you're better on your recruiting staff, you're really, really good, and it looks good, and you accomplish more. When you're not as good on the assistant coaching staff, all of a sudden you're not as good. Well, people always focus on the head coach. Look at the staff. Jim Harbaugh. Think Jim Harbaugh did a pretty good job at Stanford? I think so. What about the NFL? I think so. Look at the staff that he hired there. Since he's been at Michigan, look at the instability, particularly on the offensive side. I think defensively Don Brown has coached well enough to where Michigan was fairly competitive enough if they had enough offensive balance. But they have not progressed offensively, and they've not hired as well on the offensive side, and they've not had the stability. Josh Gaddis has been there, it seems like, a long time. Hadn't been there that long, but comparatively speaking, the coaching hires are not as good as Michigan. They've had good talent. They've put NFL people. They don't have Ohio State talent, but they should be a lot better, right? Why? The assistant coaching staff's not as good. Jake's dad adds, is Lincoln Riley more of a dabble type of coach? No. Lincoln is a great offensive coach. Lincoln is a guy that's more focused on running an offense and being a play caller. And his problem as a head coach is that he's more interested in how the offense looks and winning with the offense, and he hasn't created enough of a defensive culture and he doesn't play enough complementary offense, running the football, balancing it out, play to the strength of the defense. I think that's where he is. So, no, he's different. Dabble's not an, an X is an O guy. Lincoln is on the offensive side. But those are the things. Um, I, I was impressed with what I saw in Michigan on tape against Minnesota. Minnesota's got some guys that they lost on the defensive side. I'm not quite sure how good this Michigan team is. I, I think they're going to destroy Michigan State this week. I really do. Uh, this Michigan State team and program's bad. Now, that's another place where, you know, Mel Tucker's – there's no doubt Michigan State fell apart, latter stages of Mark D'Antonio administratively. 
But that team was well-coached and well-developed for years and years. Nobody did a better job of taking three-star guys and making them really good draft prospects, really good players. And it's not going to be Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker is going to have to kill it on the recruiting trail. I don't think his teams are going to be anywhere near as well-coached as uh, you're not going to see them sniff national playoffs with Mel Tucker. Um, they did it with Mark D'Antonio, not with much success once they got there. Uh, some looks around. Um, don't be surprised. I do think Clemson's going to beat Boston College, and I do think they'll win decisively when it's all said and done. But I'm curious to see. Boston College, they might keep this a little bit closer. Georgia will roll against Kentucky, I think. But I think it's going to take, you know, three and a half quarters. Or, you know, get into the third quarters. Um, I'm curious to see what Cincinnati does defensively against Memphis. I thought they did a good job situationally. I think they're going to be able to outscore. They've got good balance. I like this Cincinnati team. I think they're really good. Um, LSU-Auburn, always an intriguing game. Can Auburn score enough points here? That's the key. Can they match points with LSU? Can Auburn get some defensive stops? I don't think so. I think this LSU offense will be pretty productive, but we'll see. These games are always close, so I will expect it to be close. I want to see if Iowa rebounds against Northwestern. Northwestern looked good last week. Notre Dame, I think, will handle Georgia Tech. Um, I'm curious to see how Oklahoma State, in a favorite role, how they're going to handle the prosperity of us, pretty good team. Um, he's a guy that, you know, it, it, when I look at the defense, I see that they're playing really good football on that side of the ball. But it's also, they play a little bit of an underdog role. I think they can score points. They should beat Texas. The film says they're better than Texas. Can they handle the moment? And I know this is not like, well, Texas, great Texas team. It's still Texas. And they are the last hope for the Big 12 is Oklahoma State. And handling this game and handling Oklahoma is going to be the tough, the toughest part. Uh, I think, you know, got some questions about Mike Gundy. Mike's done a really good job there. But he also hired Jim Knowles, who's done a great job with the defense. Mike's an offensive guy. They're normally a fast-break basketball team type, but they've got a really good back. They've put together a pretty good defense. Oh, it's amazing how you can do that. You can play a pretty good job defensively. You do a pretty good job defensively. Run the football. Still have some explosiveness, but play pretty good defense. Kansas State, Iowa State, this year Oklahoma State. You can do it, Texas, Oklahoma. I think Mike does a good job. I think that there's frustration level because I know that some of their people thought, well, when is he going to get us there? Look, he was very close to getting into the national championship game. The year that LSU ended up with two losses getting in, that was Oklahoma State's spot until they kind of spit the bit at the end. But he's really good. Uh, Phil Shue said Lincoln Riley strikes me as a better NFL coach. If you put him in the Cliff Kingsbury role, absolutely. Work with quarterbacks, really good offensive guy. You can build a defense and you can say, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to run it offensively. You 
have to have more balance. We're going to build the defense. You can marginalize him a little bit where he can become more of the play caller. You can do that more in the NFL if you have a strong GM that's going to run things, a football GM type GM, which is not everybody, by the way. Um, but in college, she is you're, you're the head coach and the GM. The Gus bus at Auburn feels like it's been in the ditch for three years, but hasn't hit a tree yet. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. That's that's a problem. They're concerned about that. From afar, seems to be good to me and a and a great fit. On um, I, it's Jig's thinking about. I guess it's a maybe he's talking about Gundy or maybe he's talking about Gus. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe Gus can make a run this week against LSU. Um, Arkansas A&M intrigues me. Why? Arkansas is a great story. Arkansas is a really good, done a really good job. Really good coaches. Perfect example. Sam Pittman. Done a great job. Why has Sam Pittman done a great job? He's changed the attitude and the culture, and he's hired good assistants. There you go. Now, they haven't beaten a good team yet. This would be a really big time win because AM is a good team. AM will win, but I want to see how AM handles being a favorite. A lot of talk. They could win the rest of their games. We'll see if they handle that prosperity. Upset Florida. All right. Remember, before the Florida game, and we we're telling you, hey, hold on. Don't put kick dirt on AM yet. They're getting blown out by Florida and all this and Jimbo making all that money. Now, all of a sudden, hey, Chris, you think they can make the playoffs? I mean, it's amazing how reactive people can be. But the reality is, can you handle the moment? This is going to be a tough team to play. You're going to have to be patient against Arkansas, but they should be able to win. Arkansas, again, I think you're going to see them down the stretch with teams that are a little bit more difficult to play. Um I'm curious to see what Florida is going to do in their layoff. That's going to be real interesting. Over in the NFL, the premier matchups, a couple of things jump out to me. Um, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I want to see um, how things play out. Uh, Kevin Kilargo says, can the Steelers shut down the Ravens offense? Um, Yeah. you know, shut them down, it's going to be difficult. But I think they can control the passing game. The real key is defending the run. That's going to be a real challenge there. Uh, But I think they can. I think they're more balanced in Baltimore. But this is going to be a tough game. Baltimore will play well. Baltimore plays very well at the line of scrimmage. The whole key is this. I think the key is the other way, Kev. I think it's can Pittsburgh get an early lead? If you make Baltimore play from behind, they their their quality come down comes down quite a bit. If they play from a lead, they're in a really good position. Um I think this is gonna be a tough game. It always is, and and you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore is always fun, always physical. It's a real intriguing game. Boy, the luster for me has gotten off the New England-Buffalo game. You know, it's still who's the favorite, who's probably going to win the East. So that's big, but 
Well, I'm not, I'm concerned about the Bills defense and the health there. And I do think New giving up on New England is foolish, but I don't think either one of these teams are deep playoff run teams. Um, I don't. I think both the aforementioned Pittsburgh and Baltimore are better in my mind. Uh, very intrigued by the Saints going to Chicago. Check the wind, check the cold weather, but check the run game of the Saints. Um, going up against that defense is going to be quite challenging. Um you know, the Bears have played very well defensively. I think you can cause some problems for their offense. So absolutely, um, that's going to be pivotal is, you know, what type of game the Saints defense can get after Nick Foles. Uh, and they've got to tackle well. The Saints have been very inconsistent tackling, particularly from the second level. Uh, and then San Francisco, Seattle. Seattle having to bounce back from a loss. I think all four, all four of the NFC West teams are good. San Francisco's just not as good as they have been due to all the injuries, but they're good. This is a really good team. And this is the all these games, San Francisco, Seattle, they always seem to come down to the wire, don't they? Um, they give them some great, great theater. So um that's gonna be a lot of fun. I, you know. Not fun, but almost in a in a in a negative train wreck way. Dallas, Philadelphia, um, you know, uh, going to be real interesting to see uh, what happens, how Dallas responds, all the negativity. Somebody's got to win that East, unfortunately, uh, in the NFC. Um, so that's kind of has the lead, uh, the headlines. Uh, Atlanta, Carolina, folks. Um, Matt Rule is the real deal. And he and his staff, Joe Brady's done a really good job. Phil Snow's done a good job on the defensive side. They host Atlanta, an Atlanta team that's more talented uh, in the midst of a coaching search and a GM search um, or the early stages of the planning, I should say. Uh, watch this Carolina team. Watch them lay an egg on Thursday night. It's but I got to tell you on film, they have been really good. They have played hard. They play well together. They maximize their value. Uh, they've got really good playmakers. Check out the, the film room breakdowns. Who's playing well? They've, they've developed playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. You look and see. And what Joe Brady does and what he did at LSU. Remember, and I realize it was Joe Burrow's first year at LSU, but talking about assistance and a difference. Joe Burrow's first year receivers, all those guys, they weren't a big hit. I mean, they were okay. They were pretty good. Joe Brady comes in, and everybody talks about the play calls. What's more important is how he developed the route concepts in the passing game and how he coached those receivers. Look at what he's doing as the offense coordinator with the Panthers and coaching those receivers and the route concepts. That's was the big thing. Joe Burrow in that system with the improvement of the receivers and obviously getting the ball out quick, that, that LSU offense was just unbelievable. Yes, talent, but they miss. And LSU's offense is still pretty good. Don't, don't get me wrong, but nothing like last year. Joe Brady, you can see what he did there and what he's doing now. Done an outstanding job. So they're getting um, a lot out of this team. So that's kind of my look around the college game and the pro game this week. Um, 
Again, want to remind you want to remind you to get all the detailed film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com. We go into a lot of details of what happened inside the film room, um, breaking things down for you. Uh, last week's games, but kind of how we seeing these games come out the NFL and college side. So we really, really appreciate you. we appreciate you listening to us. Um, um, part of the Radio Influence family, and uh, check us out. Listen to our podcast. Give us feedback. Uh, spread the word, and also you can um, you can watch us here on Twitch TV as we do the show live for you each and every Thursday on the Landry Football Podcast. So we appreciate you joining us. Uh, to, again, spread the word. Check us out again next week. Send us your questions. Join us in the chat room. Give us some questions during the course of the show. We'd like to address those things. Send us a question at contact Chris at Landry Football. We really appreciate you joining us, being a part of what we're doing here. Uh, we're trying to provide you some neat, unique programming, so ideas, thoughts. As we like to say, you become a member of LandryFootball.com. We're, you're like the owner, and we're the general manager head coach. that We can answer the questions for you that you may have um, that, that we can provide for you. So that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I hopefully you'll look at it. So. Appreciate your support and uh, join us again next week for another edition of the Landry Football Podcast on LandryFootball.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.